Blackwater, the Wagner Group, Executive Outcomes, the Flying Tigers, the Swiss Guard, the White Company, the Knights Templar, the Varangian Guard, Clerkus of Sparta, Pythagoras the Spartan, Mentor of Rhodes, and Socrates of Achaea. The list is endless. Mercenaries, guns for hire, soldiers of fortune, private military companies, private security contractors, dirty deeds done not so dirt cheap. History is replete with privatized militaries. Call them what you want. They've been around for a very long time and they are very likely not going away anytime soon. So you better get used to it, grow up and accept it or move to another planet. Because in this world, folks, money trumps everything. And like it or not, wars are good for business. And pandemics? As if the only pandemic being hyped is an actual thing. Folks, the only thing hurting anyone is the pandemic of the ignorant, the gullible, and the blindly obedient. History tells us that more people are enslaved and killed by such means of oppression and tyranny than by any other means. Oppression and tyranny, folks, money, profits and propaganda, call it psychological operations or call it psychological conditioning, you are being gaslit. So remove your blinders, all of them, and take a good sensory inventory of what you're being told and shown to believe. Because here we go. Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of Oconus, The Contractor's Life. The podcast that takes a look at what it's really like to be a private security contractor, Oconus or overseas. And in this season, specifically, for the most part, my experiences as a private security contractor. And therefore, specifically in terms of region, the Middle East, lands of enchantment, lands of mystery, lands of the ancient ones, myths, legends, folklore, maybe, if you believe what you read in the ancient and the holy text, then you know that it all centers around what we refer to as the MENA region, or the Middle East, North Africa region. Yep, that's right, the Mediterranean. And while there's almost no shortage of things to discuss and talk about, and I'll get there in a moment, but first I thought I'd touch upon something that, that seems to come up a fair amount. Um, and I don't mean to disparage anyone, but there's an awful lot of starry-eyed wannabes out there. Uh, there always has been, I guess, but uh, these days especially. I mean, uh, you can go back to uh, North Africa with, with the movie that that uh, talked about uh, the secret soldiers of Benghazi, um, which was in the country of Libya. Uh, or you can go a little bit more recent with uh, what happened in Syria, what's going on in Ukraine now. I mean, pick your <coughs> region, pick your country. But there seems to be a never-ending shortage of people out there that want to be a private security contractor or a mercenary, this, that, one thing, another. And as, as I've said before, and a lot of folks know this, there's just too many story-eyed wannabes out there, and 
everyone. I mean, I have not met one person in my time in private security that did not think that he or she was all that and a bag of chips, a professional. Okay, <laughs> they all come to, and, and those people almost always say the same thing. Okay, you got to look the part, you got to dress the part, you know, grooming, this, that, one thing, another. It's like, yeah, yeah, whatever. You have no idea what a professional is. Okay, so before I get too far off track, um, so for people that are talking about this, um, I suppose it's probably not a bad thing for me to say, if you have never done private security contracting, if you've never been a mercenary, but you think you're going to be or want to be, might I recommend, and it's not the only book out there, but one of the better books that I've come across that was penned, authored by a gentleman by the name of Rob Crott. Okay? And the book that I'm talking about specifically is Save the Last Bullet for Yourself. So if you've got these dreams, these fanciful dreams of glory, <laughs> okay, read that book. And then take an honest appraisal of whether you think you should really be there or not. Whether this is something, that lifestyle is, is really for you if you're cut out for it. okay? Uh, because, like I said, this isn't the movies, folks. All it takes is one bad moment, one, one, one twist of fate, and it's over. And hopefully, you'll have never seen it coming and you didn't even know what happened to you if that happens. Okay, so I'm just saying. But the other thing I wanted to touch upon is uh, that people talk about security companies, you know, who's out there. There's, there's resources everywhere. Uh, some of the better ones out there um, in terms of where you can look, I mean, you, you can find them. Uh, one of the newer ones that I've seen crop up lately is private overseas contractors or your POC, your private overseas contractor. I think it's a dot-com thing, okay, but, it's, uh, but there's plenty of them out there, and, and I don't know all of them. Um, another one that, that, that tends to give it pretty straight is uh, Danger Zone Jobs, okay? They've been around for a while, or DZJ, and again, I, that's a dot-com. But I'm just saying that the resources are out there. Who are the security companies? Well, the players have changed. Some of them are still in the game. Some of them have gone away. Others are coming into it. Um, so, I mean, you got companies that back in the early part of the second Gulf War, early to middle stages, you know, you had companies like CSA, uh, which was part of ACOM, EODT, SOC, Torres, Aegis, Blue Hackle, Tor, Triple Canopy, or TC as people called it, Blackwater, which became Z, which became Academy, uh, Sally Port, Red Crescent, KBR, Aranis, Khaki. Booz Allen Hamilton, DynCorp. I mean, the list just goes on. I mean, there's just dozens and dozens of companies. But the the larger known ones, the ones that most people are aware of, and I don't have to read that again, but I mean, you, you've heard of them. Most of them are still in the game to some extent. They're not all there. Um, so just get online, do your search, do your research, and talk to people. Find people that have been there and done it. Ask them what it's like. Ask them, you know, what do I do? What don't I do? How do I do this? How should I not do it? Because as I said before, you can learn something from anyone in any situation, even if it is only what not to say 
and what not to do and how not to do it. Okay, and that can be a pretty big learning curve, um, and it can also be sometimes that's the best best uh, experience you can have is what not to say, what not to do, and how not to do it. Right? Because if you're saying it right, if you're doing it right, okay, if if you're doing what you're supposed to be doing and you're doing it right. Uh, you're not going to get those sideways looks. Well, you will somewhere. I mean, there's always detractors and haters out there. Or maybe you, you, you're approaching it from an angle or perspective they hadn't considered. But I'm just saying, you're not going to be getting, uh, you're probably not going to be getting ambushed and sideswacked and, you know, and, and browbeaten if you're doing it right. And so then one of the other many of the great many questions that, that uh, seems to crop up a lot is, uh, were there other private security companies? Of course, as I've mentioned, I mean, just dozens upon dozens and probably worldwide hundreds, maybe even thousands. But I'm talking about the companies that have been and are um, or are getting their foot in the door in the private security contract arena. Okay, so not private, not private contracting, but just private security contracting. Um, But many more of the companies that I mentioned earlier uh, came into being later in the uh, second gulf war um or the you know beginning around 2009 2010 uh many of them grew in size and proportion again beginning around the same time frame and where they come from or originate from i mean probably pretty much nearly every country on the planet seemed to have some sort of security representation throughout the greater middle east region mina region um and, and the in the mina region uh, technically stretches from Turkey all the way down. Oh, uh, probably, you know, um, I guess you could consider North Africa part of it, but, uh, that's about the extent of it North South and then East West, of course, you know, from, uh, the Mediterranean, uh, countries there, such as, uh, Israel, for example, uh, and Libya, those kinds of countries, uh, are, all the way over to as far east as say Pakistan. That's really the what we're talking about. So we're talking, you know, dozens, certainly dozens, if not hundreds, of companies, various sized, various representations. Uh, but who partakes in it? And as I've said before, from virtually, I mean, in countries I've not mentioned that that I've seen that were there, uh, including representation from australia even i mean even they had it um bali i mean the philippines uh japan i mean they were all there uh you know to some extent whether it was consultations or advisory or whatever the role was um and some of it was technical stuff a lot of it uh because like i said before security only comprises roughly 10 percent um and naturally you had uh representation from the uh middle east or arab nations if you will I mean, you saw people there from the various Middle East MENA regions. Uh, some of them were in military uniforms. Others were private contractors. Again, not just private security, but yeah, they were all there. And I mean, Kuwait, uh, you'd see people. I mean, they were all there, folks. And while arguably and ostensibly everybody was there for the same reason, uh, to keep this thing tamped down, to prevent it from getting any worse or any further and spreading anymore. Because some of these countries, may arguably a lot of them, had a vested interest in trying to keep this thing from getting any worse and blowing up and, and trying to contain it and, and make it go away. But, as I've said, 
wars are good for business. So not everybody was there to see this thing come to an end. I mean, let's just be honest. But to try and more or less get back on track, um, you know, life as a private security contractor is is almost never what you see in the movies um, or reading the books. So I'm not saying that some of that doesn't happen. Uh, some of the stuff that gave private security contractors uh, a bad rap, uh, you know, probably when it started hitting the news and, and it was between the, say, 2005 and certainly by 2007 and, and a year or two or three beyond that with <clears throat> all the so-called raunchy rocket stuff that went on. And, you know, plenty of guys um, <clears throat> have talked about it and some have written books about it. it. It happens, you know, that just goes on. Now, you can say it's professional or it's unprofessional, um, but, you know, it's not just private security contractors engaging in that kind of behavior, okay? Uh, military personnel also. It's just that it went underreported with the military. With the private security contractors, it was obviously, it was hyped and overplayed. Yes, the stuff was there. It happened. But it wasn't as ubiquitous as it was made out to be. Okay. So just keep in mind that as a private security contractor, if that's what you're going to do or what you want to do or you're thinking about doing, just know that there's plenty of days where you just sit around twiddling your thumbs wondering if anything's ever going to happen today or for that week even, okay? Um, and rumors and scuttlebutt, oh, man, <laughs> they're everywhere constantly. Uh, I can't tell you the numbers of times accurately recount just in Kuwait <clears throat> when they were certain and we had, you know, staff meetings where we all assembled inside these big tents. And <clears throat> once or twice or even thrice, <clears throat> you know, they got maps out and they're talking about stuff. And we're all kind of sitting around scratching their heads because they're certain that Iran is going to come in and making all these uh, claims about, you know, how quick and easy they could be in Kuwait if they, you know, this, that. And it's like, wow, <laughs> really? <laughs> I don't think so. But OK, whatever. But I'm just saying there's plenty of times, <clears throat> plenty of times when you when you when you're sitting or standing or walking around, you know, with trying to figure out what to do when, yeah, you're still doing your job, but there's nothing going on. It, it, you know, it, it, it's unexciting. It's unglamorous. It's just you're either freezing your ass off in the winter or you're sweating your balls off in the summer. OK. Uh, and so being able to stay on track, stay focused. That is key. Discipline, maturity. I mean, huge. These are things that are key in, in private security, no matter whether you're in the States or any other country, even if it's not a hostile or war area or the other term that, that uh, are terms that get tossed about non-permissive uh, non environments. Uh, or NPEs, <laughs> I love that term, uh, but however you want to call it, okay, I'm just saying, you know, are there places around the world, are there contracts around the world where there's probably something going on every day and you're probably going to be in the red or should be in the red every day? Yeah, they are out there, okay, but for the most part, as a private security contractor, that's not going to be you. And if it is, 
then it's probably either because you are an ardent professional that got picked up on the right contract, okay, and you're probably either, so it's either that or you've gone over there starry-eyed dreams of being a mercenary, okay. It's rarely anything in between, and it's usually not anything other than those two things. So the first one, if you're an ardent professional and you're on one of those contracts, you're probably, quote-unquote, embedded, which is to say that you take on the role or the persona of that group or unit that you're with, okay? So, you know, you're, you're going covert, you're blending in, whatever you want to call it, okay? But it's usually it's a mentoring thing, an instructional thing, a training thing, an advisor, a consultant, uh, with them as they're doing whatever they're doing, flying, driving, walking, whatever they're doing, okay? Um, and, and there kind of is a third one, but, you know, then you've got, like, and you used to see a lot of this, uh, the civilian patch uh, on the opposite side of the breast pocket from the name, um, and sometimes they didn't have names, and that was always odd when they say, yeah, I'm a English as a second language instructor over here for them, and... and <laughs> You know, that's all they have is, is DA civilian or something of that same uh, nature with civilian on it. And it's like, okay, if you say so. <laughs> you know, and I say that with, with a great deal of uh, mirth, but, you know, kind of tongue-in-cheek. But, I mean, I, yeah, obviously I did meet some people that, you know, as best as I could tell, they legitimately were what they said they were. But you never know because, let's face it, the good ones, the best ones um really do a pretty good job of going deep cover and getting all dotting all their i's and crossing all their t's so it's not always an easy thing and sometimes you don't you know to find out and sometimes you don't want to find out any different it's like whatever man you know i'm just here to do my job whatever as long as we get along we're on the same side and we're not trying to kill each other who cares <laughs> i mean that's really um anyway that's kind of what it boiled down to for me so so you know as a private security contractor, again, depending on the contract you're in, like in Kuwait, for example. So we're kind of sort of more or less back into Kuwait. Uh, there's a lot of people, and you know this to be true because you've been there, you've seen it, you've heard it. They're not doing their job. Well, yeah, I mean, they've showed up for work and, you know, and they're in the area they're supposed to be in. But they're constantly on their phone. They're constantly on their computer. They're doing pretty much anything and everything but paying attention to the job. Um, so, you know, now the good ones and the guys that, that, that did their job, we always found something to do. Even if we had to be quite creative, and sometimes we, had, we did, uh, maybe more than sometimes actually, we had to be very creative. Um, and uh, and I'm, not, I'm sure I'm not the only one, but uh, not in Kuwait, but in, in Iraq. So, yeah, I'm kind of jumping out of Kuwait again. You know, I took it upon myself to be creative because I saw a, a, a serious need for what I ended up doing. And, uh, and apparently it was well received. Now, of course, there were detractors and haters. It's always like that uh, because I was, quote unquote, showing them up or embarrassing them because it was coming out painfully <laughs> that they 
They were not professionals. They did not know what they were doing, and they were there just there to collect a paycheck. Now, let's be honest. As private security contractors, I mean, people go over as mercenaries, contractors, whether you're with the Department of the Army or any other, the you know, the Marine Corps, the Navy, whoever. You know, you're ultimately there to collect a paycheck. I mean, that's what you're there for ultimately. But a lot of guys and gals went over there for the wrong reasons and maybe even all the wrong reasons. And so if you're thinking of doing that as a mercenary or anything else, you better have your priorities straight. You better understand what you're getting yourself into, okay? Because you never know when that stuff will blow up. You never know when you might find yourself in the wrong place at the wrong time, um, even if it's just by misadventure. It happens. Because I guarantee you that Al-Qaeda, the Taliban, ISIS, okay, uh, just whether it's anywhere in the MENA region, and as we now know, not just confined to that region anymore, okay, so whether it's them or some Russian zealots or Ukrainian zealots or any other zealots from any other nation, okay, if you're over there, okay, and you're not on the FOB or the base or where you're supposed to be, okay, you might just be the target they're looking for, okay, so be aware of what you're getting yourself into if this is what you decide to do. Because you might just be that next example that they publicly display for the whole world to see. So, again, if you're not full of yourself, okay, if you don't got a big shiny stick up your ass, okay, if you treat people right and you're just there, you're just another dude or dudette, that makes a huge difference. People pick up on that pretty quickly. I know most of us do pick up on that stuff. So we're no different when we're out there. Okay. So you can say that you're representing whatever country you're in or whatever, but you kind of are, you know, and your family name and your reputation. So whether it's that clerk behind the desk uh, in whatever capacity, uh, whether it's admin, you know, whether it's your company admin or a foreign entity, whether it's at a checkpoint it's in a mall, uh, it's at the base PX, wherever it happens to be, as I've said before, just assume that somebody is looking and somebody is listening. And make no mistake about it, coming and going, no matter where you come or go, where you're coming from or where you're going, people know, somebody knows who you are, where you came from, where you're going, and what you're doing there, at least what you're supposed to be doing there. So, <laughs> you know... Eyes wide open here, folks. Perhaps, arguably, the only people that don't get that, that level of scrutiny are people at the very high levels of uh, certain government agencies and some of your elite special operators. Uh, but, I mean, even then, at the higher levels anyway, some, some of those people know. Okay. Now, the rest of us, no. But I'm just saying, as a private security contractor, as a mercenary... They probably know, okay? Just assume that they know, okay? Again, this is no Hollywood movie, folks. I mean, it, it's, really, it's really not much different than, say, in your home neighborhood, okay? You've been there a while. You kind of know who and what belongs and who and what doesn't. And you notice, if you're paying attention, you should be paying attention, who's coming and who's going and what they're doing. I'm not saying being a nosy neighbor. That's not what I'm talking about, Okay? But I'm just saying, 
airports, uh, air, you know, whether it's an airport and the airlines, uh, a vehicle, okay, you're on a train, rail, whatever you want to do, a boat, a ship, okay, there's records, there's cameras everywhere, okay, you're, it, okay, you're not Jason Bourne, okay, this isn't happening, <laughs> you know, a lot of us, and I know I have, and I don't know what the number is, but I, I know it's at least five, that I'm sure of, but most, many of us have met, talked with someone that thought, that tried to sell us and convince us that they were black ops people. They weren't just special elite operating forces. They were black ops. <laughs> okay. I'm telling you, if that's the case, they're probably not going to tell you. All right. Uh, now, that's not to say that some guys, you know, most of the real people won't go out of the way to tell you anything that you don't ask them. Now, the exception sometimes is they get to know you, they like you, you know, and you're jawjacking, shooting shit around, you know, the campfire or, you know, you got some downtime at work, whatever. But I'm just saying, folks, stop it. <laughs> okay? So, again, life is a private security contractor. I mean, you know, in Kuwait, you know, let's be honest. Um, at least the time I was there, I mean, you could have exciting and memorable moments. But without boring people to tears, I mean, it's, it's not a whole lot different. Yeah, you know, somewhere between a little bit and for the most part, uh, from being um, a private security guard on a military base here in the States. I mean, obviously the tempo was different. The climate's different. The mission is different. Not a whole lot different, but it is different. Um, but, I mean, memorable moments probably... And I'll probably think of more, but two to three people come to mind that were like very interesting people that I met. And one dude, I don't remember his name, but um, I was I was off the base um, at a checkpoint between an ASP and the, and, and the main base, Arifjan. And uh, an ASP is ammunition supply point. And there were a, uh, quite a number of them out there in Kuwait at that time. Probably still are. And uh, I'm out there. And this dude, I'd seen him come by there many times. And one time uh, he stops, rolls down the window. You know, I'm, che I'm doing my thing, checking his ID and just one thing, another. And he strikes up a conversation with me. And it lasted a few minutes. And the dude I was with uh, was standing off, uh, but I'm close enough that he could hear the conversation. Anyway, long story short, this dude uh, tells me that he's with PAE and uh, hands me his business card, you know, and says, hey, you know, if you're looking, you ever need or want anything, a job, this, that, whatever, he says, look me up. And cool, okay. Uh, <laughs> so he drives off, and the dude behind me walks up and says, what was that about, man? You know, and I told him, he says, he says come on, man, give me, his, you know, give me his contact information, hook a brother up. And I'm like, <laughs> this dude had already told me and asked me not to say anything to the guy that was standing behind us that he was glad that he went out of his way to talk with me because he was sick and tired of coming through there and having this guy pester him for a job, okay? I'm sure some of you have seen this happen, okay? And that, you know, and so, you know, you, you see a lot of that as a private security contractor. It's like everybody's always looking for something better. And I wasn't looking for anything better. I mean, better things would happen or they wouldn't, you know, now or later. 
But I was just there to do my job, take it all in, absorb it, and, and do the best that I could do every day. And that's what it was about. And uh, uh, so he wasn't and probably uh, one of the other more interesting fellows I met was uh, when I was working at uh, Virginia there. And um, I don't remember how it came to be, but in, and the sun was going down. I don't think it was nighttime yet. Although it might have been by the time he and I started talking. But we're out there, and I forget the exact name or terminology for it, but it was a, a, a truck rally point, a staging area for the trucks coming and going in and out of Iraq. And uh, so this fellow, he's in the Army, and I, uh, I forget his, his, his rank. Probably a, a staff sergeant. Maybe it was a sergeant first class. Um, but as it turned out, he was prior, prior Marine Corps. He was in the army. I don't remember what his designation or his job was, but he was talking about uh, going into the army and joining, you know, going through SFAS and, and one thing or another. And uh, because, and this was a rel relatively common refrain that we used to hear a lot about stuff. Uh, guys that were in the Marine Corps, for example, um, going into the army or the Navy, because that's where all the action was. Okay. <laughs> You know, once the official war had ended, that's where all the action was. And so, but that was another interesting fellow. I forget where he was down in the southern part of, of, of America. I don't remember if it was Arizona or New Mexico. Uh, but he had worked previously with one of the, uh, I forget the name of the company, but it was one of the high-speed companies. I think it was Cochise uh, uh, back then. So, uh, you know, it, you, I guess what I'm saying is that you, you meet a lot of very interesting people. And if you're not full of yourself and you don't have a shiny rod up your rectum, okay, chances are they'll talk with you, okay? I'm just saying, just be a real person while you're out there doing your job, coming and going through the airports, wherever. Just be you, okay? Stop selling your resume. Stop job hunting, okay? It, it's annoying. It is super frustrating and annoying. Do your job. That will get you further than probably anything else you can do. You know, and that, and friends. And I've talked about this before. Friends, 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 and more friends. Um, you know, the, the, we all have buddies, working buddies, um, acquaintances, and friends. And when I say friends, I mean friends. Guys that, to this day, we still stay in touch. Um, and they had my back, and I had theirs. And I'm sure some of them, uh, actually helped me out probably far more than I realized, even in hindsight. But, you know, one of them was Travis. And I'm not going to mention these people's last names because they, they may or may not want their last names revealed. But this was Travis, bi a big, tall dude out of the Midwest. Um, and he was, I forget, he was doing multiple jobs. He went into Iraq later and did some stuff. But um, he was the civilian equivalent of an MP for uh, CSA at that time. And uh, David, uh, there were a couple of Davids I came to know, but one in particular, again, I won't mention his name. I think he's in the Midwest, upper Midwest, <coughs> uh, former Army Ranger dude. Uh, we became real good friends. And uh, Raymond, and uh, as much as I like to mention his last name, I won't. Uh, again, because they may not want their last names known. But Raymond, uh, another big, tall dude. I forget exactly where he came from. Um, but the story had it, and I, as I recall, the way he told it to me is he had done, I forget how many years, 
with the Department of Energy along with anything else that he had racked up prior to getting there. Uh, but another really good dude. And from what I can tell, uh, he and I, you know, again, we, we stay in touch as best we can. But as far as I can tell, he, he's doing all right as well. You know, but my, my point is, is that aside from friends, uh, you know, and a lot of other guys and to some extent, some of the gals I came in contact with, uh, you know, that, that did help me out, um, had my back. Um, and sometimes when I was in hot water, I got out of it because I was just honest. I was just straightforward. It just, yeah, no, yes, no. I mean, <laughs> you know, yes, I did. No, I did not. Uh, but, you know, just so just being a straightforward, honest person can sometimes go way further than a bucket full of lies. Okay. <laughs> because as the saying goes, and if I've got it right, certainly I'm paraphrasing it really well, if, if not, you know, I can forgive a lot of of your transgressions if you're honest with me okay because it's probably just disagreements probably just different viewpoints but if you lie to me well <laughs> yeah that's a horse of a different color because if you lie to me that means i can't trust you i can't believe you and if i can't believe you and i can't trust you well in security that is huge it should be huge anywhere but especially in security. And most specific, most importantly, when you're in an unfriendly environment, you need to be able to trust and believe the people you're working with. Yeah, so anyway, so, you know, life as a private security contractor in Kuwait, aside from the stuff that I've already told you about that we don't really want to regurgitate, I mean, they're just, you know, anything that was quote-unquote exciting beyond those things is because we made them exciting. Okay, uh, trying to find creative, fun, healthy things to do, usually while at work, that didn't hurt anybody or get us in trouble. Uh, or at least, you know, there's seriously reduced risk of anything like that. So, most of the rest was just <laughs> trying to avoid all the dickheads that were out there that seemed to fill almost all the ranks. I mean, it just, anyway... So, anyway, I think at this point, I mean, there, there's, there's plenty more I could talk about and probably will go into about Kuwait. Um, but I'm going to start slowly transitioning into Iraq, uh, starting with the, with the episode, the next episode. Uh, so, you know, a slowly transition from Kuwait into Iraq over the next however many episodes it happens to be. So, with that said, folks, I want to thank you and everyone uh, for taking time out of your day or your evening to listen to me talk about private security contracting overseas, as well as my experiences as a private security contractor overseas. And, I mean, nothing's for sure, okay, until it's a done deal, but it looks like I might be going back over there again here before too long. Uh, <laughs> that said, thank you again to Cava Cohen, Colin Perry, and thank you, to Andres Rodriguez, thank you to my wife, my children, and all the folks, male and female, who have been a part of my life and still are. Remember, folks, it does take a team, and the grass is not always greener on the other side. Be careful what you wish for. You might just get it. Stay humble, stay safe, and keep others safe by staying frosty. 
And until next time, keep it real. Yeah.